there. Welcome to Me Teach You. I'm Sarah. And I'm Matt. So I am going to teach you today about graffiti. You know, we live really close to a train yard. That's true. So I've seen my fair share of graffiti. Yeah, you sure have. And I think uh, most of our listeners probably have too. Yeah, just go outside, look at a wall. There's uh, some 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 real nice art out there. There's also some eyesores. Matt, are you gonna? You, you sit like Larry King. <laughs> <laughs> Larry he's, King doesn't sit like he's this. He's hunched over, like like. Listen, here's the news. I've got my my uh, legs spread <laughs> wide apart with my hand <laughs> on each of my knees. That's Larry King says. And I'm hunched over and I'm making unbroken eye contact with Sarah. What you just described is how Larry King sits. Yeah. Is that comfortable? Larry King sat. Well, okay, he but in heaven. Away. I know he passed away, but when he's in heaven entering God or whatever, that's how he sits. He's like, why'd you do it? <laughs> <laughs> You're a sick fuck. All right, continue. All right. Okay. There's actually a pretty storied history to graffiti. So I'm going to go back in time a little bit and talk about that. Uh, As far back as humanity goes. No. As long as there have been like human civilizations, there has been graffiti. That's really cool, actually. It makes me really happy. It's one of the most universal like things that there are. The oldest like found piece of graffiti is an advertisement for a prostitute. Oh, kind of like a bathroom stall. It's like the world's oldest profession meets the world's oldest form of vandalism. The, The city of Pompeii, which as you may know, was sort of buried under a cloud of volcanic ash Mm -hmm. uh, was unearthed and uh, is kind of like a time capsule of like the Roman Empire. Yeah. And uh, there's actually a lot of interesting graffiti that was found there in the city of Pompeii. That's incredible. And like super day-to-day stuff, like what the common curse words were in Latin because people would like write out vulgar expressions Mm -hmm. and words. Uh, People would put insults out. They would put up like political slogans. Uh, Someone wrote for a good time call Novella Primogenia of Nuceria. Oh, my, my. Uh, There's also just a straight up picture of a dick (laughs) with the phrase in Latin, handle with care. Oh my God. That's crazy. So as you can probably tell, people have never really changed. We're more or less the same as we always have been. You know, whenever I think of history, even when I think about movies like pre-1970, I feel like I can't relate to the people, but it's not true. Yeah, absolutely. It's not true at all. Just if you look at the art people make, like the refined art, that's not really good representation of who they are inside. Yeah, it's actually much probably more accurate to look at the graffiti. Yeah. And because uh, that's like the everyday Joe. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. The, the working man's. It's the blue art. collar. Yeah. The white kind collar. Of. The red collar. Now, the graffiti that we probably think of nowadays can be traced back to the late 1950s, but mostly like the middle 1960s. Yeah, that's surprisingly like recent. Yeah. Well, do you know what can you think of what would have caused uh, graffiti like modern graffiti to become a thing around uh, that period of time? The draft? Uh, no, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. And in fact, there was a, um, a lot of sort of graffiti that was spread during the war. Yeah. Like the whole Kilroy was here meme. Uh, that was like put all over Europe and what everywhere else. What about like the hippie thing where it's like people are anti-establishment? Would that yeah. be something? Well, hippies kind of came up in the 60s, which is when graffiti sort of uh, started popping up. Yeah. But the the real thing that, that brought about like this new age of graffiti is the aerosol spray can. <laughs> oh, of course, because hairspray was invented like right around the same time, right? Yeah, so paint spray. Holy shit. <laughs> so, or spray paint, rather. So it would have come along around a lot earlier. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the state of the world. So the only thing that modern graffiti actually needed was the invention of aerosol. That's the only thing that was keeping well, back. So you're saying that... There's a few <laughs> things that helped, too. In the 1800s, the dandies would have tagged with their names you know, if they, they had the You know, they probably would have, to, they be, com- like, to be completely honest. They would have been like, Mr. McGovern is a 
true fool. <laughs> uh, but another thing that sort of really helped was um, the the advent of music that was not like mainstream popular music. Ooh, interesting. So like basically like alternative music. So yeah. like punk rock and hip hop. And yeah. so what was about that kind of music that really like fueled people into doing shit like this? Well, I think a lot of the um, the messaging was like anti-establishment. Yeah. And that just kind of fits in very naturally with the graffiti culture. Yeah. It's like you go somewhere. It's also probably exciting. Yeah. You go exactly. somewhere you're not allowed to be and you make art or you destroy the side of a building yeah with a big picture of penis and you get to commit a crime while you're doing it yeah, but it's a soft crime yeah well a medium, it's, i mean it's a crime it's a medium boiled crime yes i mean like you're not gonna go to jail for a thousand years no not for a thousand unless years. you're really unlucky and the cop sucks and he like shoots you while you're doing it yeah that's an eternal uh <laughs> sentence yeah tell me about it so in the 1980s things kicked up into a, a yet another high gear notch uh, mm. when stencils came into the mix. And when I think about the 80s in New York, I think about like all the subway cars just like covered in tags, right? Yeah. Like every single thing, including the windows, just like slathered with them. And the cops are like, oh boy. Yeah. And there's actually some famous graffiti artists who were responsible for a lot of that work. So yeah, the stencil work kind of really brought a new level of artistry yeah. to uh, graffiti it's kind of when it became elevated as uh, an even better art form. Mm -hmm. There's and, more control. And that's, that's been sort of growing over time uh, to the point where, like, as everyone probably knows, like, perhaps the world's most famous living artist mm -hmm. is a graffiti artist. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, Mr. everybody knows who Banksy is. Mr. Banksy, yeah. as we call him in Canada. <laughs> yes. Mr. Mr. B. Pop Papa Banksy. <laughs> Mr. B or Papa Banksy. That's his nickname like up called. there. <laughs> Nowadays, uh, when you think about graffiti, it's kind of like it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it, there's a big subculture behind it. Mm -hmm. The sort of graffiti subculture is very based around like tags and the idea of tagging. Yeah. So a tag is basically your signature mm -hmm. or like alias. So it's like your uh, kind of ID or, or like call sign that you've given yourself yeah almost like a gamer tag yeah and is, is there a big thing about like putting your tag up in really hard to reach places yeah that's yeah. dangerous so the more places you get it and the better places you get it like the more respect you're gonna earn for yourself holy shit probably because people see it like even normal people don't know anything about graffiti they're like i've seen this damn signature like 10 different places yeah exactly um and that's like where you gain you know respect and notoriety wow interesting um People in the sort of graffiti world, they call each other writers. Ooh. That's not something I never knew. That sounds like really kind of exciting. The biggest like diss that you could possibly do is writing over somebody else's graffiti. Oof. That's like a big no-no. Interesting. It's like gang wars. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, a lot of um, there's sort of a crossover between gangs like small town yeah. like street gangs and graffiti art that's terrifying i wonder if it's like this is our block um, oh absolutely yeah. yeah if you go to the right city um the the graffiti is going to tell you which street you know you're on right oh now God. and who that belongs to <sighs> probably it's probably more common in america yeah than it is here but that's definitely a thing so the like the best graffiti artists they get the this special title for themselves they're called kings Ooh. 
or queens. Basically, you can only really be uh, named a king by another king or oh, another shit, queen. Oh, like a vampire. Yeah, bas- <gasps> yeah. It's vampire rules. And if you, if you like, crown yourself, you better have earned it because otherwise the um, graffiti artists will go out of their way to, like, strike the crowns from your tags. So another sort of uh, important thing to talk about when it comes to graffiti is, like, the political statements yeah. that people make with graffiti art. And it's you see that all over the world. And usually it's, uh, like, a lot of graffiti is political and it is, yeah. like, art that is a commentary on society yeah and nobody like commissions it it's like i believe this i'm gonna go spend my time doing it i don't need your permission yeah exactly and in some cases what they're doing is like a risk to themselves because it's a political message that is against what they're allowed to be saying or it's a memory of somebody who spoke up and then something happened to them and uh, just by its very nature most graffiti art tends to be like Mm anti-establishment and here in north america we see a lot of like Mm anti-capitalist like graffiti art but if you go to other places in the world you'll see um the kind of like political messages change based on that like if you go to a lot of countries where maybe women are not treated the same as men you'll mm-hmm. see like female empowerment graffiti oh, that's really interesting up. like wow. anything that's yeah. like that's flying in the face of what the establishment is saying yeah. you put it up as graffiti and it's like you're the people are fighting back yeah. from the shadows kind of thing it's that actually kind of so cool fascinating so the last and most important topic that I want to talk about when it comes to graffiti. Um, this is courtesy of the Saskatoon Police Service. Oh, God. And it is, uh, I know the question that you've all been asking yourselves this entire time, uh, everyone is kind of dying to, you know, <laughs> think about this. Are you the parent of a tagger? <laughs> This is so good. I was wondering what you printed out. Holy <laughs> shit, that's funny. So here are some telltale <laughs> signs that your child is a tagger. Oh my god. What, what, what year is this from? Is this recent? This is like recent. Oh my god. This is like a little small town Canada. Yeah. Police department. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, so your child stays out until early morning or all night. How young of a child are we talking here? Like a uh, six-year-old? <laughs> according to the next one, it's your child is in the age group uh, from 12 to 18. Okay. Sometimes older, in parentheses. Oh, sometimes older. Not a child anymore, but yeah. <laughs> not in the eyes of the law. Yeah. <laughs> um, your child wears black, large uh, packs or baggy pants and clothing may be stained with paint. That's a pretty good indication, <laughs> stained with paint. Yeah. It's the paint stains that really give yeah, them away. Yeah, it's, it's not the black clothing. It's the paint stains. Yeah. Your child's been huffing aerosol. <laughs> uh, the next one, your child has taken up the hobby of ink making. That's like a pretty wholesome hobby. <laughs> ink making. Think. I've never heard of that before. But ink making is apparently a passage to darker pleasures. Ooh. Uh, another one, your child has paint on the tips of his or her fingers. But here's another one. Your child has graffiti magazines. There's magazines? I guess Where do you so. even get a subscription as a kid do you steal it from the store yeah as if a kid is reading magazines oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> dude i totally forgot how about your kid has a tumbler <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of graffiti things yeah. wait do kids go on tumblr anymore tiktok <gasps> oh. that's probably the best way to see if your kid does graffiti go to your kid's Just tiktok look at their tiktok and of them doing graffiti then you're like oh, i think they might be this is one of the indicators they smell like paint <laughs> uh another sign is that they uh carry graffiti paraphernalia such as markers uh, spray paint or bug spray. Bug and, spray. And then it says the bug spray cans are used to make tags that only show up in the rain. That is which really is a cool. cool tip. Holy shit! I never knew that, but thanks it's Saskatoon like an, Police for like letting me know about that. Ink. Yeah, that's really cool. I love Another this. Another one is your child has quantities of paint. Um, but does not have the income to afford it. Oh, stealing? I guess so. Or do they have that like a sugar daddy? Where the uh, 
Hopefully not a sugar daddy. Hopefully they're just stealing <laughs> Does your 12-year-old have a sugar daddy? Find yeah. out next. <laughs> you know, this is very important tips from the Saskatoon Police Service, but they're not quite done yet. There's a oh. few more things they need to uh, to explain to us. Um, I for love example, this. I love you found this. What is a tagging crew? Oh, shit. Do they all have nicknames? Yeah, so it's <laughs> a group of active taggers with their own distinct name. Oh, my God. So the ex- skills. So the example it uses is TWR the wall rapists no is yeah. that oh my god <laughs> is that like a real group or do they make that up i have no idea that's hilarious i can just imagine them sitting on a big table like okay what's the creepiest name yeah like satanic panic level there was like 20 crews and they they had to pick the one that was the most provocative wall for rapists? sure yeah i think i say walrus something <laughs> oh lord and uh here's another uh, thing why do why does your child tag why do my child tag? why do your child tag why do my child tag so why do you think for acting out mad angry pop and i got divorced <laughs> um <laughs> drugs Good guess. Good guesses. Candy. So here's here's some examples of why children get into tagging. Okay. They have low self-esteem. Okay. Uh, as a way to rebel against authority. Okay. To get out their aggression. Ooh. Because it's very aggressive to paint. Um, Gotta shake it up real hard. It says some are very talented artistically, and this is their way to express themselves. That's nice. They added that. And then the next one is some think they are artistic. <laughs> I feel like the chief of police. Oh my god, that's such a fucking funny burn. Yeah, I feel like the chief of police is like put it in. And uh, here's here's the one that's my favorite, and I think you'll like it too. And it says it becomes an obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh yeah, they are addicted to getting up, which is tagging throughout the community, as well as to paint markers and tagging. So it becomes an obsessive compulsive addiction. I don't like when people, as you know, I don't like when people use that term. Like an addiction is not an obsessive compulsive disorder. The police said it is. And so I'm going to close uh, with just a few definitions of common graffiti terms. So there's a beef. It's a disagreement oh or conflict that. between taggers. I love that there's like a glossary at there the end. There is a glossary. Holy multiple fuck. pages. I'm, I'm just picking some of the my favorite parts. This is parts. amazing. This is a real good find. There's a crew, which is a group of taggers with their own distinct name, <laughs> usually consisting of three words, such as the wall rapists. <laughs> Crews are usually identified by their initials only. T W are yeah the wall rapists they just they love referencing that group they they say wall rapists in this like four times i don't think it's a real group because i feel like they wouldn't glorify a group they just make it up yeah exactly and be like, this is the worst i can think about yeah it's so funny oh and there's hip-hop hip-hop is associated with rap music break oh. dancing baggy clothes <laughs> b-boys. and graffiti and b-boys yeah whenever they talk about crew i think maybe they dance like they do graffiti, they dance, and they all have nicknames. They should have to be a step up like movie. You remember Step Up where yeah. they, they danced? Yeah, but with graffiti. Yeah, but they dance, but they also do art. Ooh. I would actually watch that. Yeah, you're onto something now. I feel like Netflix would just buy it from me. Forbidden. <laughs> they <laughs> probably like, would. We need ideas. <laughs> they okay. put out movies, so they need movies. That's like, the kind of movie they would do. If you write a script about that, they'll probably buy it. I don't it. even want to write a script. I just want to call them up, leave a voicemail. <laughs> Hi, you don't know me. I don't want you to. It's good enough for Netflix. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone. That is my presentation on graffiti. Thank you for listening. I love that police report so much. Yes, I mean, I know it's a nuisance sometimes. Like, I've seen really crazy crappy graffiti and i really hate it when it's yeah. over a mural over it's something beautiful sometimes it's just straight up vandalism yes. and it's vulgar and it, it 
adds nothing to the world. Exactly. Because there's some gorgeous art in the city, but sometimes people like just tag over it. Yeah. And it's so mean. It's cruel and it's stupid because like signing your name saying I did this. Yeah. But a lot of the art is amazing. Yeah. I think it's good for the world. It's kind of like uh, humanity in uh, <laughs> its own little distilled form. Some yeah. of it's good. Some of it's fucking terrible. And some of it only shows up in the rain. It covers a lot. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> Me too. Graffiti. All right. Graffiti. All right. So I'm going to teach you about something that I love. Absolutely love. This is the first time I've ever heard of it today. And this might be my favorite topic so far. Ooh. Well, I'm excited. It's known as the five cent chocolate war. Ooh. Have you heard of this? So normally I've heard at least a little bit about the things you've told me about, but I have never heard of this. Yes. I don't have a clue what that is. And the funny thing is, is it happened extremely close to us. So we're in Vancouver and just to our never eat shredded wheat our west there's a big island called vancouver island and so this actually originated in ladysmith oh which is on the eastern side of uh vancouver island it's really beautiful there i went there when i was a kid and i saw a starfish wow it was like giant purple had all of its arms incredible that's memorable memorable much recommended yes <laughs> go look at the starfish see the ladies fi- uh, ladyfish <laughs> starfish <laughs> <No>, ladysmith <laughs> So in 1947, the price of chocolate bars in Canada increased from five cents to eight cents. What? Like I'm talking overnight. You know, that's almost doubling. That's Absolutely. like, that's a huge, that's a 60% increase. That's a big increase. Yeah. So in today's money, they were originally 66 cents, right? which is like way cheaper than a normal chocolate bar you can yeah. maybe go to the dollar store and get like one of those weird knockoff literally double that now or Absolute, more or more yeah, like 250 like in a vending machine or two dollars yeah. yeah and so it would have changed from 66 cents to a dollar six in canadian money the manufacturer said the price increase was because of increased supply costs and also it was just after world war ii mm. and so there were government subsidies that were eliminated right. basically and so they're like sorry folks well i mean it's an immediately big difference because you can't buy it with a nickel anymore. that's exactly what i want to talk about because upon hearing this news canadian children lost their goddamn minds <laughs> and i think honestly that's the biggest thing if you ask your parent for a nickel yeah it's easy there's yeah. a single coin if you ask them for eight cents suddenly it's a big deal and if they give you a dime they're like it's double the price yeah that's ridiculous it feels so much bigger than it actually is yeah so i feel like kids were not going to be able to eat chocolate bars as often as they wanted to mm. and it makes a lot of sense yeah that does make a lot of sense can you imagine if you, you ask your parents for five bucks five bucks you're like eh. and then you're suddenly like give me ten and they're like what yeah. this is an outrage i'm a working man yeah getting a quarter for the gumball machine is easy yeah Yes. But getting like 34 cents for the gumball yeah. machine would have been a lot harder. And then you have to negotiate with your parents and you have to listen about like a story about the economy. And you're like, I don't care. Yeah. I just want my goddamn chocolate bar. I empathize with them as someone who uses candy frequently as a way to cope with stress. Yeah, I would have also absolutely. lost my mind yeah. as a child and have with no source of income except for a couple of nickels every now and then. Yeah. So... It was April 25th, 1947. This is the day the price increase started. There was a cafe there. The kids went to it. They go in and they find out that the price of chocolate bars has increased and they can't afford it. Oh my God. Because they all have nickels. Yeah, of course. They've lost their parents for nickels and they're like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) And so they decide to, that very day, they're going to organize a protest. (laughs) And so they went home. 
they got signs made. Oh, wow. They went out in front of the cafe and they, they protested. Oh my God. Kids were so much less lazy back then. Yes. Well, they were, <laughs> this was something they were passionate about. Yeah. They were so passionate, like immediately passionate about it. So their signs called for a boycott. They had a bunch of really good slogans. I'll read you some in a second. And a 17-year-old boy named Parker Williams led the protest. And I mean physically led. He decorated his car. (laughs) And he went up and down the block, like almost like a parade. (laughs) And there were 40 kids that came and protested. Ladysmith's not a huge city. No, it's not. 40 kids is like all of them. Yeah. And they also made up a song. And I have the lyrics. I don't have the tune. So I kind of thought like if I was a kid, what would it be? So it goes, I feel like this is accurate. We want a five cent chocolate bar. Eight cents going too damn far. Oh, sorry, dang far. Oh. That they, this is more, you know, this is the 1940s. Yeah. We want a five cent chocolate bar. Oh, we want a five cent chocolate bar. Wow. That's you pretty like good. That? Yeah. And there's also a picture. So someone came out and took a picture of these kids oh, with good. all their signs. And I wrote a couple of their slogans down because they're really good. Yeah. So one of them said, let the suckers pay eight cents. We won't. <laughs> this one says, don't buy eight cent bars. Lower prices to five cents. We are smart. <laughs> and this one says, don't be a sucker. And that was actually the slogan. That was the main slogan of the entire protest. Don't be a sucker. Yeah. Only a sucker would pay eight cents for a chocolate bar. Yes. And I also want to note that when you look at the picture, almost all the kids are eating ice cream. Yeah. Because the price of ice cream did not increase. Oh. And they all went to, they, they, I like how they didn't, they're not boycotting the place they're boycotting the chocolate bars it's not the place's fault yeah well they all went in and bought ice cream and then went for protests (laughs) as you do i i gotta say real quick yeah ice cream is way better than chocolate bars i disagree so if you can get both for the same price you gotta take the ice cream every time some of those kids disagree too that's why they got whipped up into a frenzy i suppose carry on so this photo is published in the local newspaper a very small one called the lady smith chronicle along with a little story And it caught the attention of a bigger newspaper, the Vancouver Sun, which is from where we're from. And it's still around. And so they ran the photo as well. And they had the caption, chocolate bar eaters are having a tough time on Vancouver Island as children continue their strike, in quotations, (laughs) against the eight cents price. Here, a boy whose sweet tooth got the better of him is being razzed by Ladysmith youngsters who have taken the chocolate bar pledge. Placards protesting the price hike declare, let the suckers pay eight cents. We won't. So I like the picture of the kid. I guess this is actually different, like maybe later on. Yeah. The kid crossed the picket line. Oh, and, and got that's a chocolate what they're bar. Saying. Yeah, he's getting razzed. Oh, they're shit. Like, How dare you? Boot, what a sucker. This really captured the nation's imagination. Understandably. Because this wasn't just something they were dealing with in the island. This was actually something that was happening all across Canada, the price increase. Right. So it's not like it was just Ladysmith where the price went up. It was everywhere. Yes. And I don't think people would have been like, oh, that sucks. These little kids in the small town have a price increase. Let's protest. They're like, no, it's happening to us too. Yeah. Everywhere. The whole dang country. Here's my favorite part of the whole story. I would love to leave it for the end, but I want to do it in chronological order just to show how things... This was four days later, April 29th, Victoria, BC, which is where I grew up. It's on the southern tip of Vancouver Island. So same island, not that far. It's only a couple hours drive. It's actually the capital of the province, British Columbia. And because of that, there's a beautiful big legislature building. Yes, I've been there. been by several times. It's like gorgeous old. There's lights on it. The protests escalated very rapidly. (laughs) Did they storm the Capitol Uh, building? 200 (laughs) children stormed the Capitol building and they got inside. (laughs) 
and they shut down business for the entire day and this wasn't like it was anything violent they just said get out get out they'd ushered them out but they went in and started screaming while they're all in session oh my god i know boy history sure repeats itself i like this because they're kids yeah and you're like okay and the, i get it the price of candy went up yeah <laughs> Something about that just really got me. And people were still treating it like it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have guns. Even though things escalated in only a four day span. Yes, that's like major. Within a week, the city is in, or the whole country is in shambles. Yes. It's, all it takes is four days of increased <laughs> chocolate prices and the society collapses. Yeah. So on the same day the kids stormed the Capitol, 300 kids in Edmonton protested. And that's in Alberta, which is just to the east of us. And in Burnaby, British Columbia which is very close to where we live. Yeah. Bunch of kids on bicycles shut down Kingsway, which is a big old street here. It's like here. the main street that yeah, goes through that city. Yeah, it's the main artery that goes through Bar- Burnaby. And they just like all went with their bicycles and they stopped the intersection and they protested there. <laughs> and like people were annoyed, but for the most part, people were like, yeah, you give it to them, kids. Um, on May 2nd, a few days later, 500 children got together to protest in Toronto. I feel like there was something magical happening across the country. It was just because they're giving so much. Um, I mean, there was the, the local outrage of the price, but also I think they were spurred on by the kids in different cities. Yeah. And so because it wasn't like email. Yeah. These, you know what I mean? Like how these kids don't know each other. They can't just go on like Facebook and organize it. Yeah. Or they, TikTok. Or TikTok. <laughs> That's where the youths they go. They can't do the chocolate bar challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so true. They walk into a 7-Eleven and throw all the chocolate bars in the ground. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so, film themselves. So true. And they step on them all. Yeah. yeah I can definitely see that. On May 3rd, 60 kids got together in Ottawa, which is our country's capital. Yes. And it, 60 doesn't seem like that much. You're like, okay, there's 500 in Toronto, 60 in uh, Ottawa. But 10 of them had bugles. Oh. And they bugled their way. Um, and they marched on Parliament Hill. Oh, my God. I don't know what songs they played, but I like to imagine it's dun, da, da, dun, <laughs> da, da, some sort of military song. And one child carried a sign that said, we will eat worms before we eat eight cent chocolate bars. <laughs> so dramatic. That is dramatic. So during this time, chocolate bar purchases in Canada dropped by 80%. Wow. Oh, wow. So, so the, it was actually effective. Yes. Because, I mean, I would think it was half because the parents were like, I'm not paying that. Yeah. I'm not, that's way too much. Yeah. It's incredible. It really no, you is. You can have a nickel, but I'm not giving you eight cents. Eat ice cream. I want to know what the ice cream proceeds went up. <laughs> like yeah. The ice cream went up 160%. <laughs> so because of this, actually, a lot of store owners were responding to the protests because they didn't want to not have chocolate bars They sold. wanted to sell chocolate bars too. Yeah. yeah, so some are selling their old stock at the original price, mm. being like, okay, let's ease into this. All yeah. right, here, I already got all this, five cents each, but then we'll have to eventually churn up. Some of them put in like, you know, those leave a penny, take a penny jars? Mm-hmm. It was almost like, a, it was like strike fund. And so mm. kids who didn't have the extra three pennies, adults would drop a penny in the jar and they'd make it up from that. I see. really cute. Yeah. Up until this point, the adults or non-children of Canada were generally really supportive of this protest. Right. And one of the main reasons, I mean, it was kind of like they're very precocious youngsters who are like doing something, you yeah. know, adults. Yeah. They weren't being violent. They weren't like actually, it was kind of a funny story. Yeah. Plus the parents were the one bankrolling exactly. you know, the chocolate purchases. Yeah. 
And there was another reason that parents actually supported this. Um, the cost of living had gone up considerably during and after World War II. Mm. But protesting this kind of thing was seen as unpatriotic for adults to do. Uh, and so most people just kind of like grinned and bear, bore it, yeah. bared it. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a ton of media attention, people praising the kids, even some politicians saying, good for you guys. You know, you're you're doing it. You're doing something you believe in. And some adults and organizations actually supported the protests. They brought snacks on the front line or made signs for them or just went and like cheered for them during their protests. And so they were getting a lot of attention. But despite this, there was a very unfortunate end to the protests. Uh Despite the protests really catching and holding the hearts of Canadians across the country, they came to a sudden abrupt halt on May 3rd. 1947, which is the day that a nationwide protest was supposed to happen. Oh, wow. All because of an alleged anonymous and quite frankly, ridiculous tip to the Toronto Evening Telegram. Uh So someone called in a tip. So they say, yeah, I don't believe they did. This is probably big chocolate. This is big I'm chocolate. Saying ahead of time. This is 100% big chocolate. Absolutely. So on May 3rd, they ran a story what do you think this tip is first of all do you have any idea i have no idea i couldn't even begin to guess i feel like you'll get it when you hear it so the title of the story was reds seen duping youth into eight cent bar campaign (laughs) to communism Mm -hmm. oh wow so it went on to say chocolate bars and a world revolution may seem pulls apart but to devious communist mind there is a close relationship another newspaper the financial post wrote a similar article it said communists run candy bar strike recruit young children for parades oh my god they blamed it on communists oh yeah and you know what this is genius and evil yeah the article in the toronto evening telegram accused the National Federation of Labor Youth, an organization that assisted in establishing unions Mm. who had been very vocally supportive about the children's protest, that their ulterior motive was to get them all hooked on communism. (laughs) Them specifically, like that organization. Immediately after this article, people all across Canada did not want to be associated with it because it was suddenly a fact. Right. And they said, if we support the protest, we're commies. We're evil red commies. And so organizations that had been very supportive immediately withdrew their support. There was a place um, in Vancouver called the Sat Teen Club, which had 2,500 members who said, we all stand behind you. They released a statement that mob demonstrations and strikes are not consistent with the ideals of the club. And like three days before, they said, good for you guys, standing (laughs) up for what you believe in. So that was the end. It's so ridiculous. It's so like... It's some devious mind. And this is really before like the whole... It co- probably was the chocolate company. Oh, for sure. They said it was an anonymous tip and yeah. it wasn't true. Yeah. It wasn't true at all. It was like a homegrown thing. And like what... It just, it's so, so silly and it's ridiculous how fragile all these adults were. I know. The kids believed in something and they cared about something and the adults... Were, it turned into politics. Yeah. And it ruined the whole initiative. <laughs> just so, like the world. <laughs> Another example of humanity. Uh-huh. So the price of chocolate did not get reduced. But, you know, I kind of feel like it would have if the protests had continued. Yeah. One of the main manufacturers of chocolate bars actually ran like a big letter in one of the newspapers addressing the kids. Uh-huh. And they're basically like, here's why our prices went up and please don't make us reduce the prices. Like they actually like begged them <laughs> in letter form, which is so stupid. It's kind of a nice little cap of the story. In 2017 in Shimanus, which is about 15 minutes south of Ladysmith, which is like very very connected very close i'm sure some of the kids who were protests are actually from there yeah 
there was a mural painted based on the original photo of the first group of kids who had protested memorializing Canada's great five cent chocolate war. Wow. That was a great story. Yeah, it really is. It makes me, I just can't believe I never learned it. Yeah. I've been inside the legislature building many times as field trips and as a kid, and I never knew children stormed it. Me neither. Never heard that before in my life. I mean, that, that story makes me feel a lot of different things, but yeah. I'm glad I learned about it. Yeah, thank you for teaching me. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right, guys. Well, that's our episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, until next time, keep learning. That's the new catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> sure. Like- yeah, okay. Yeah, keep learning. Thanks for listening to Me Teach You. Our show is new, and you may not know this, but the first few weeks are the most important when it comes to getting the word out there. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Leave a review and tell a friend if you think they might like it too. You can connect with us at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you search Me Teach You. That's all one word with the letter U as in university. And of course, if you have any interesting topics that you think we should cover, email us at smart at meteachyou.com.